It's a good show. Okay. Hey. 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 All right. We're okay. We're okay. Everyone's okay. We're super okay. Everybody, wherever you are right now, Just you're okay. N- <laughs> Just okay, know man. you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. If you're not fine, call you someone. will be fine. Or call someone. Yeah. All right. This is Barry Rothbart. This is Lucas Neff. Um, we have, and I'm not exaggerating he at isn't. all, probably one of the greatest guests and greatest podcast episodes we've done um in history yeah. of our of our part of in our the history podcast. of our podcast certainly um she is uh her name's heather berlin mm-hmm. i was introduced to her through uh, a, fr- a friend of the pod who you all know greg barris greg um, greg's a super funny um really out there barris comic barris um <laughs> he was on she was on his show called heart of darkness in new york a live show and he was like you got to get her she's super funny she's really interesting she is a neuroscientist i'm about to read her He's whole gonna, bio just just buckle up so Barry's this is, woman is everything. insanely smart she was on obama's um brain mapping project which um you know we barely know what that is but she wants to map I really hope they had the a brain, brain mapping room she loves the Obama's brain she brain loves mapping, mapping the brain she's going to figure out consciousness um she doesn't believe in free will which we will get to mm-hmm. um and here is her bio <clears throat> here we go ready Dr. Heather Berlin is a cognitive neuroscience and assistant professor of psychiatry at the ICANN School of Medicine at Mount Sinai, where she also completed her NIH postdoctoral fellowship. She practices clinical neuropsychology at Wheel Cornell Medicine, New York Presbyterian Hospital in the Department of Neurological Surgery, and is a visiting scholar at the New York Psychoanalytical Society and Institute. She explores the neural basis of impulsive and compulsive psychiatric and neurological disorders with the aim of developing novel treatments. She is also also interested in the brain basis of consciousness, dynamic, unconscious processes, and creativity. Dr. Berlin was a visiting professor at Vassar College, the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology, University of Zurich, and the Hebrew Institute, uh, University of Jer- Jerusalem. She is the recipient of numerous honors, including the Young Investigator Award from the American Neuropsychiatric Association, the International Neuropsychological Society, Philip M. Rennick Award, the Young Investigator Award from the National Education Alliance for Borderline Personality Disorder, and Clifford York Prize from the International Neuropsychoanalysis Society. She was honored as one of Stony Brook University's 40 Under 40 and won the 2015 BBC University Challenge as part of the Magdalen College Oxford team. She's published over 40 peer-reviewed articles and chapters, including in high-impact journals like the American Journal of Psychiatry and Brain, passionate about science communication, promoting women in STEM. Berlin is a committee member of the National Academy (laughs) of Sciences, Science and Entertainment Exchange, and the New York Times Series Time. Series Time Talks. Now, here's some interesting stuff, too. Is that not all of it? That's not all of it. Oh, my God. She hosts Star Talk All-Stars with the one and only Neil Neil deGrasse deGrasse Tyson. Tyson. Yes. Um, She's going to be appearing on Nat Geo's uh, Star Talk. Talk. Uh, And she has a a show called Superhuman Showdown on Discovery. Is that everything? I Can think I, I think there's more. There's more. She's done several TED Talks, and she's received her PhD from the University of Oxford and Master of Public Health from Harvard University. Wow. And she's never cheated on a test, which is something we will find out. Yeah. Can I just say how impressed I am? Yeah. Mainly that with I memorized you reading all that? it. Yeah, because it sounded like you could barely <laughs> pronounce a lot of that. 
<laughs> well, at some point when you say neuro something so many times, you start <laughs> to not realize what you're saying. Neuros- blah, 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 and, uh, no, we have an yeah. incredible conversation. Incredible. We talk about free will, consciousness, why why we need to study the brain. Uh, we if get it's into possible to improvise without free will. Comedy. We get improvisers into listen. Linguini and Ooh, rigatoni. The, the big linguini rigatoni battle. Yep. So is decided. Uh, let's uh, let's. What do you say? We get high. Saving the world with Barry Rothbart and Lucas Neff. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. You gotta have something if you wanna be with me. Nothing from nothing. Can I ask a question? <laughs> yeah. Yes, Lucas. Did your parents also love brains? Oh. Um, that makes them sound like zombies. Question. Um, wait, am I being recorded? Is this for this real? Is, yeah, yeah, this, this is, is real. real. For, this is actually oh, legally okay. binding. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, 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 You're on the record okay. now. Um, did they have a love for brains? I'm going to say no on <laughs> that one. Um, my, I mean, my dad's a physician. He's a um, an internist. And so he's always had like a, you know, a medical perspective. And I grew up kind of, I would go with him on rounds to hospitals to visit patients. And, um, How old I, were you? you know, Oh God, starting from like, I mean, as long as I can remember, probably like from like five on, I remember going to hospitals with him and he would do his rounds and like visit the patients and see how they were doing. And so I always kind of was exposed to a kind of like just a medical worldview. And, um, but my fascination with the brain was purely just, I don't know where that came from. Um, yeah, why do you so love the did brains? They hate, then? Did you, your parents yeah. hate brains? Do your parents, yeah, do no. your parents? Your parents then hate brains. <laughs> they don't. I think they're agnostic on the brains. Uh, they okay. don't know. I, um, they don't know. No, I mean, I told I told the story um, about kind of. I mean, that what I can remember of where my inspiration or my kind of curiosity about the brain happened was around the age of five when I. I was thinking about my own mortality and I, I started thinking, you know, why at this age, very common so for early? a five year old. Yeah. yeah, not exactly. I was like, had this existential angst, but I think it might've been inspired by the very thing of going on rounds with my father and seeing these patients who were, some of whom were, you know, not doing so well in the hospital. And maybe that's where my kind of, where I started thinking about death and dying. And so I remember this one night, I I was kind of looking out into the night sky and thinking about, you know, where am I going to go when I die? And then I had this sort of revelation of, well, maybe even if my body doesn't exist, maybe I can still keep my thoughts and just have my own sort of inner dialogue um, and basically remain conscious. And so the next day I asked my dad where my thoughts come from. And he said, well, they come from your brain. And I was like, great. Well, how? Because I want to figure out how to keep them when I die. And then he said, actually, we don't quite know how. And I said, well, then that's what I want to try to figure out. You know, how my brain makes my thoughts so I can keep them when I die. And therein became my fascination with the brain. Um, So so I have two questions. One is unrelated to the second one. But the first one is... um, (laughs) So wait, they're both unrelated. Uh, they're unrelated questions. Just unrelated questions. One is quicker then. than the second. The first one is: uh, Do you do you also think it's funny that the term internist is so close to intern? 
I have no, no. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. The second question. Great question, Barry. <laughs> Strong start. It sounds like someone's an expert on interns, right? An internist? The internist. Right. Um, yeah, it's like a terrible yeah. procedural show where he just decides whether or not you're an intern. <laughs> like he finds out by the end of the episode, you know, after he's put the clues together. Yeah, yeah you're um, an intern. <laughs> um, the second question um, is, so you, yeah. you, when you were five and you started thinking about mortality mm. and you thought about the brain and how the if, if the physical body went away that there still might be something left. I, I gather that's sort of what you were thinking, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, you've spoken, I, I, I think you've spoken a lot about consciousness and what, how we can actually point to what a consciousness. Great, what a great sentence, by the way. I think you've spoken a lot about consciousness. Yeah. Lots, lots I'm a little high. I, everybody should know I'm a little high, <laughs> which is great. I think because this is going to actually open all of our minds. Um, yeah. You've mm -hmm. spoken a lot about consciousness and is there, are we getting close to pointing to something tangible that can define consciousness, something scientific? A theory of consciousness? Well, or do we want to? Do we want to get that close theory. is another question. Yeah, yeah. Well, for, there are two separate questions. One is defining consciousness. And we can basically define it as first-person subjective experience. So it's kind of, you know, I only know about my own consciousness. I, I don't know about yours. I don't even know that you are conscious. You know, you act as if you are, but I, I'll never experience what it's like to be you. And so it's this first person subjective experience. And then the question is, how does the, this physical piece of like three pound piece of matter create all of this subjectivity, all of our subjective experiences? And you don't need language. You don't need sense of self. You can literally just like feeling pain or seeing the color red. And then there are a number of theories which um, are trying to explain what the neural basis of consciousness is. And But we haven't decided on any one particular theory. So popular ones are like the integrated information theory of consciousness, which basically says that any system that has a high degree of integration of information that's differentiated, I know that sounds like a lot of words, but basically just information processing. Yeah, it's a lot of um, data. That's interre a lot, yeah. yeah. That's a lot of like interrelated. Yeah, so basically like if your phone, if one pixel like goes out, it doesn't affect the one next to it. So it's not integrated information. But like if uh, one neuron fires, it'll affect the neuron next to it. That's information that's integrated. So it's the difference between so me the and theory, my phone. Right. Pretty much for now, at least. <laughs> um, but phones are getting way more um, complex. But then the idea is that it's a property of the universe, that any system that happens to have a high degree of integrated information will have the property of consciousness. It just like emerges. It's an emergent property. So it's kind of a panpsychic theory because it says it doesn't yeah. even matter what like material it's instantiated in. As yeah, long it's just, as it's it, ubiquitous, basically, in every, yeah, in every yes. little piece. But not all, exactly. but not all animals mm -hmm. are conscious in the way that we think of consciousness, correct? I don't think they are, but I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm right. Well, I don't think. Uh -oh. Yeah, what like, would you, you call a plant conscious? conscious? Would you call a plant okay. conscious? Well, like, a plant's, plant's not, not an animal. An animal. Yeah, 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 you'd be right. like, oh, no, that plant's unconscious. I guess living things is what I was going to say. No, that plant's well, unconscious. Some people say, like basically, like some people say that it might have, feel like something to be a plant because it responds to its environment. Like it doesn't have consciousness the way you experience it. There's this famous philosopher named Thomas Nagel who wrote this essay called, you know, like what it's like to be a bat. Like I'll never know what it's like to be a bat right? To like navigate the world via sonar, but it has a certain experience. It has a certain type of consciousness that's different than mine. So I think that other animals have subjective states, 
right? Even if, like a bee, it responds to its environment. It can communicate. Like it, it can do this little waggle dance. Like the search, the bee goes out and searches we've for spoken the best about place that. for the hive to go. On this mm-hmm. podcast. Oh. Yeah. We've had a beekeeper oh, who talked wow. about the dance. Mm-hmm. The wag- right. I mean, so that's like pretty complex information. And so it might feel like something to be a bee. Now, you know, mm. going down to the plant, well, it doesn't have a nervous system, but it does have, it does respond to its environment and it might feel like something to be a plant. I don't know if we'd call that consciousness or not, but certainly animals in the animal kingdom, for sure, other animals that have a nervous system. I mean, like a cat, right? It looks as if it feels pain, right? If you step on its paw, it'll like retract as if it's feel it's, you know, feeling something unpleasant. Its cortex has similar structure as ours. We have similar evolutionary history. Um, so why wouldn't it also have consciousness? I, I guess the, the yeah. second part of that question was the why. And I think, you know, you've, you've extensively, you've worked on brain mapping and figuring out this stuff. It, it, do we need to know where consciousness is and what do we do with that? Is there a, a higher so, purpose for figuring this out? So the question of why are we trying to understand it or why do we have it? No, why do we why do we want to get closer to understanding physiologically what consciousness can be defined as? Yeah. Well, I mean, one is just the pursuit of knowledge, right? We find ourselves in this universe and having these thoughts and, you know, asking ourselves where do they come from? <laughs> so just purely an academic yeah. pursuit. But practically speaking, I mean, having a greater understanding of the way the brain works and how it corresponds to our thoughts and our feelings. Um, and even how I'm really interested in the um, neural basis of unconscious processes, because much of what's happening in our brain is happening outside of awareness that's actually determining our behavior. But it'll help us with um, helping cure psychiatric illness, neurological disorders. Um, the more we understand about the brain, the more we can manipulate it with now we have these neural implants that we can um help that's a, people that's who deep are brain paralyzed. stimulation right yeah that's one of the types is deep brain stimulation where we can treat psychiatric illness so the more we understand how the neurocircuitry correlates with the thoughts yeah the better we can like manipulate it but is, again there's a difference between go on yeah oh no sorry please. sorry uh, please finish your thought there's mm-hmm. a difference between just correlation which we can do now if we can correlate like when this set of neurons fires that correlates to this thought right that's that's what we call Mm -hmm. the easy problem of consciousness versus kind of causation like why is it that that why is it that the physical neurons firing and the neurochemicals slushing around create subjective states that's a harder problem to answer which we might never get to it's almost more of a philosophical question right and is is your belief that the answer uh, that our best chance in finding the answer is in the hardware investigating the hardware of the brain versus trying to understand the, uh, the software if that makes any sense yeah i do i mean it, it, i think it's a bit of both and actually that's kind of as my career trajectory evolved I was like thinking about where do I want to focus my research? And you can either look at like straight neurology and just look at the hardware. And I, at one point I considered becoming a neurosurgeon and getting really into just the physical aspect of it. But then that wasn't satisfying for me because I wanted to also understand about the mind. And then there's the whole field of psychology, which is all about kind of, let's say the software. Um, but not about the hardware. So my thing is like, where do these two things come together? And then at the time, I found the field of of cognitive neuroscience um, and also neuropsychology. Those are areas, disciplines that kind of look at both aspects, the hardware and the software and how they come together. Um, And that's kind of where where I situated myself. Yeah. um, 
I, I, I sort of have a question because I, I, you, you mentioned uh, sort of these, uh, the, 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 the practical applications of this research in terms of maybe treating disorders or uh, mm-hmm. disorders of the brain or disorders of the mind and things of that nature. Uh, I, I, I was wondering if you could explain deep brain simulation a little bit better and, and if it's possible to also, is there a differentiation between, say, like uh, a disorder of the mind versus like a degeneration or a degradation of the brain, like when actual parts of the brain are physically damaged? Is, would the mm-hmm. treatment be differentiated as well, or can we look at deep brain stimulation as treating both of those things? So I'll start with deep brain stimulation is basically where we go in with these electrodes. They're implanted in these subcortical structures of the brain, so hence the deep part. Um, And they stimulate certain circuits in the brain that are believed to be dysfunctional. Um, And they're connected via a wire that's implanted under the scalp and implanted in the chest um, wall. Kind of like the same company that makes pacemakers makes these. And then we can control the amount of stimulation with remote control externally. Um, and at this, this kind of treatment has been used for movement disorders for a number of years and more recently has gotten um, been used to treat psychiatric illness like depression and OCD for people where nothing else has worked. They've tried every medication, mm-hmm. they've tried ECT or electroshock therapy, and this is kind of a last resort. And we're seeing some really positive results. Now, there are differences between psychiatric illnesses and sort of what you're talking about is more neurodegenerative disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, and psychiatric illnesses tend to be, and, and they're all obviously very complex, um, but um, they tend to be more neurochemical imbalance or neurocircuitry um, dysfunction. And neurodegenerative is kind of like the brain is, in many cases, atrophying. Mm-hmm. That you can't really treat with deep brain stimulation. Um you can treat something like Parkinson's disease, which is a neurological disorder, but it's related to um, the dopamine system and having too little dopamine. So it's a movement disorder. And then the deep brain stimulation can help alleviate the symptoms once the medication starts wearing off. You know, basically you start with medication, the effects start um, becoming less and less as time goes on, and then you can put these implants in, but they don't cure the disease. They right. just sort of temporarily, you know, stop the symptoms, let's say the shaking or the inability to move. But once the electrodes are turned off, the symptoms come right back. And it's actually the same thing when you treat psychiatric illness as well. It can help alleviate the symptoms when they're turned on. But the second they're turned off, even if it's five years later, the symptoms come right back to where they left off. So it's not really a cure. It's more just a relief of symptoms. Um but, you know, obviously the brain is very complex and, and, and neurological and psychiatric illnesses are sometimes interwoven. You know, they're not always as well separated as they are in textbooks. But um, this is one promising way, at least for people as a last resort, where medications don't work or their effects have kind of worn down, that this can kind of help with their symptoms. Yeah. Have you seen firsthand uh, any of these sort of uh, success stories of using this kind of treatment? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, we do right now, like almost on a weekly basis, they're um, working in a department of neurosurgery um, at Cornell and they're doing implants for the Parkinson's um, patients all the time. And you can, you see the effects really pretty immediately Um, with OCD and depression, the effects sometimes right there in the operating room, as soon as you turn on the electrodes, the patient, like their face lights up and they're like, I feel great. And this is like for people who've been depressed for 20 years and, you know, suicidal and nothing's worked. 
I mean, it's really amazing. It's very striking. And sometimes like with OCD, it takes a little longer for the effects, like a few weeks to, to kick in. Um, and I'm not saying it's, it's not a hundred percent effective in every case, but you know, in, in significant numbers of patients, you know, like maybe 40 to 60%, you see a really, um, significant improvement, which is it completely changes their quality of life. So, wow. yeah. Is there, is there a future where this becomes more common practice for, for more of society to use things like this, like, like this to sort of modify their own sort of, uh, subjective experience? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so ultimately, like, look, I think the, it's easier than brain surgery is if people do it, you know, kind of by taking a pill. Right. So that's always usually the first line of limitless. Of, right. <laughs> right. Which is not true. It's not true that we don't use, we only use 10% of our brain. I hate those things. We're like, what it's if we so use dumb, all of right? it? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's And if we use all of it, we'll be able to lift things with our minds, yeah, right? Yeah, if we use right. all of our brains, we'll turn we into Scarlett Johansson, Scarlett from Johansson from movie. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. from... Uh, yeah. So frustrating. I, yeah. yeah, I did a little like, like public service announcement YouTube video about like, don't believe this myth. It's ridiculous. Because basically, we use all of our brain, we are probably only aware of a small percentage, like in terms of what's happening in the brain that we're mm -hmm. conscious of. But the brain, it's not redundant, right? It uses so much of the body's um, blood supply and energy, whatever. It's not just wasting space. It's pretty efficient. And um, so it's not a question of we can use more of the brain. It's more of if we could use it in different ways, right? If we can um, use different connections, create more connections, like change the way in which we use it, and then we'll experience the world in different ways. We're not going to have superpowers, but the way that we experience the world, our consciousness can be altered, just like it's altered when you take certain types of drugs. It can be altered if you change the way things are connected up. Um, which but anyway, is, with what yeah, I, which would on. be a, like a permanent drug. It would just change who you are, or it would open up mm -hmm. who you are. Yeah, I guess yeah. The, then the question is, who are you? You know, because you see, how much? Is, if you, well, it's if how you much change, of you are no, 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 you? But in all and serious, what? How much of you are what at and how? Yeah. Um, if you change some significant flaws that you have in your brain, or you alter them, mm -hmm. are you still you? I know yeah. that's not something that can be answered very easily, but. Answer it. And now. by the way, Answer I am glad that quickly. you that you that you're high for this conversation because it makes it go much better. Yeah. <laughs> like who are you if you're no yeah. um, but who are you, man? <laughs> no, I'm I'm no, like this all the time. <laughs> in, know, incomprehensible. Barry's always asking me that. Incoherent. He, he, I get in his car and he's always like, Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> no, but, but the truth is there, it's a really good question. There oh, is thank no you. Yes, there is no real you. I mean, the concept Speak of for yourself. yourself. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. That's also a great reply. That's a no. really fitting reply. Yeah, there, yeah. There, so there is no real you. Yeah, elaborate. Yeah, you're basically a, the, the concept of your sense of self is, is also um, created by the brain. It's made up by a series of memories of who you were in the past. Um, and so, so there are many disorders where if you get a certain type of brain lesion or a certain kind of psychiatric disorder where you lose your sense of self. So it's just another kind of, um, cognitive kind of illusion of the brain that creates your sense of self. So number one, we can change the brain and change what your sense of self is because mm. it's just another cognitive construct, or you can actually change your personality, like in many ways. So when I say personality, it's just basically a tendency to behave in certain ways in certain situations, right? 
And so you might tend to be, let's say, a shy person or, you know, I don't know, a funny person or whatever it may be. But if you get a certain type of brain damage or if we can figure out how to kind of rewire your brain or implant an electrode, it might change how you respond in different situations, which fundamentally changes your personality and who you are. Now, your image of who you are may or may not change. That's just another aspect of the brain which we can manipulate. Yeah, it'd Mm -hmm. also be very hard to adjudicate, I would imagine, someone's own image of themselves and, and the transformation of that it's like someone explaining like body the color dysmorphia red. You mean? it'd be really no it'd be really mm-hmm. tough to explain how your your opinion of itself in a way that i think would translate uh crystal in a crystal clear way i don't know it seems like it'd be difficult to me um but then i think like, sorry it, yeah. i think this is a good jump we're going to get into a segment in a second but uh, I think, yeah all right let's should we do it now yeah i think so because i have a good uh, i have a good follow-up to what you just said heather I'm, I don't okay. want to brag, but I have a good one. Do you want to? Do you want to? My I'm sense of self is really good right now. Yeah, your sense of self is strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I hope it can, you can hold that. You can hold on to that sense of strength. Um, you spoke of memory and the past, Heather, <laughs> which made me think of my own memories and the past, and that's great is for this segment. So how can you tell? How can you tell? Yeah. Are you it's also just, a detective? It's absolutely. You really know how the brain no works. There's no difference between how I'm speaking now and the natural way I was having conversation <laughs> yeah. earlier. I'm an internist. It's completely. <laughs> that's funny. So I'm an intern. I mean intern. Yeah. I'm yeah. an intern, not an internist. Yeah. yeah, I'm not an undercover <laughs> person searching for interns. Um, <laughs> I'm an star, intern yeah, to an internist. On fall, uh, yeah. this fall on CBS. Um, uh, yeah, so this segment is called On This, this Day. Day. All right. And it's, uh, first off, you have a chance to win half a point here. If you can yeah. uh, just tell me what today is. In terms of the day of the week? Uh, exact terms. I mean, in exact terms. Date. What the date. Today. The date is July 10th. Wow. You get half a point. You get half a point for that. Okay. Because this segment is all about a nice thing that happened in history, which is why I referenced the past, um, that happened Mm. on this day, July 10th, which obviously won't be the day that any listener who's listening to this right now uh, is listening to it on. That's true. It's a different. That's another truth. This day is is different now than the day that it is. It is that, is there listening? True. Yes. Un- yes. <laughs> Unless it's a year from t- a few days ago or a few weeks ago. Ju- Wait, Unless you, it's a year from July 10th. If you sleep through an entire day, does it exist? Yes. Your body experiences <laughs> it. I'll answer that question for everyone. <laughs> um, it's like the tree falling in the woods. You know? uh, if a tree falls in the woods, yeah. does this day exist? <laughs> <laughs> um, so on this day, July 10th, guys, uh, perfect segue mm-hmm. again. Um Something happened yeah, so in 1973. This is good news throughout history. Yeah, it's about a positive thing it, in history. Lucas has been making about. this a bigger and bigger segment, but I think he's getting leaner now with it, it. This one's, I've received yeah. a lot of critical feedback, Heather, yeah. mainly from Barry, about how lengthy <laughs> and, yes. and self-indulgent this segment is. Yeah. For what is essentially just a small just a, factoid. Yeah, so um, that doesn't involve anyone else but Lucas. It has nothing to do with this conversation <laughs> uh, or, or your expertise. All right, so today, um, okay. July so, 10th. On July 10th, which is the day that we're speaking, not the day you're listening. Um, in 1973, what gained full independence within the Commonwealth of Nations? Ooh. Yeah, that's what? right. What gained? gained? What? It's not what gained full independence. What, what? Like what country? Yes. What? Gained full. What on, gained independence within the Commonwealth of Nations? America. On July 10th. <laughs> 
America achieved no. full independence <laughs> on 19th you know, in fact that's why they call almost it July 200 10th. years after uh, yeah uh, yeah <laughs> the declaration to celebrate its bicentennial um, America became free uh, no it's um, not America so it declared its independence from the Commonwealth I'll give you a hint it's plural give me a hint Ooh. It's plural. I know what it is. Okay. Brussels. Nope. Damn it. No. <laughs> Brussels isn't a country. Yeah. It's like a set of islands. Was it a set oh, of islands? Oh, oh, oh. oh. The question is which islands? You want to give me like a hemisphere or like a. No, I don't. You will not get a point if you get a hemisphere. Get hemisphere. Yeah. This, is, this is it. This is I your think, last I chance. think you should You help can her. give up and just learn something. The Bahamas? Yeah. I don't know. Oh my hey. God, I got it. Yeah, Should so all 19- Bahamas see how, feel, how be good you feel forgot and independent <laughs> now. And so they were 1973. Oh, uh, yeah, so that was when they I became. That's got a great hip of dopamine. That was awesome. Right? Thank you. Good, right? That's on yeah, this really good. day. Is that it? Yes. That's it. It's great. Yeah, Barry, hey. I did it. Okay, so now. <laughs> so you got a point and a half. Well done. I Let's, feel real good. What do I do with that point and a half? Is you'll there hold do on, to, hold it. on <laughs> to it. You might lose it. Okay. Still, so mm-hmm. I, would, I would hold on to it for dear life. If you're familiar with the shoots and ladders sort of ideology <laughs> of game playing, our podcast works in a very similar fashion. Um, so uh, yeah. I thought, you know, it was, Barry, it was you had extremely a interesting. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what we were talking about, but I do remember <laughs> the question. I'm not going to be able to segue it completely. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I was struck, you know, the end of uh, you, you did a, a TED talk on identity. And I thought it was very interesting at the end that you said that um, it's an interesting way to kind of go about meeting people and knowing people. Where, whereas you can tell that they are who they are because of their brains. And mm-hmm. because, you know, if, if you don't like someone or you disagree with someone or you think that someone is a monster, that it can be explained by their brains, which in one way is great. But do you feel like if you feel like physiologically we are just kind of slaves to this organ in our heads, does that mm-hmm. take away something about what life is and free will? Like, are, yeah. do you know what I'm yeah. saying? You know, is, mm-hmm. is, are things yeah, a little less romantic if we're yeah. just machines? Right. So there are two aspects of this. So if you think about free will in the kind of classic Cartesian sense of the term, which basically means that if everything in your brain were exactly the same and everything in the environment were exactly the same in any given situation that you could have done otherwise. So I like to use the example of of Neo in the Matrix, you know, like he's choosing the blue pill or the red pill. And so the idea is that if every every neuron was firing exactly in the same way and everything in the environment was exactly set up the same, he, he could have done yeah, otherwise. He yeah. could, he could have, or he could have he could have done other. You're so saying like, if, if two chose, people had the exact same neurons firing the exact same way, theoretically one could choose differently. Is that what you mean? No, what I'm saying is that you're the same person, right? Uh-huh. So let's say this, you take Neo and he, he goes for the red pill, right? In that situation. Now let's say you rewind time and you go right back to that exact moment of decision and everything that he was told, everything in the environment, everything was exactly the same and every neuron firing in his brain was exactly the same, that he could not have chosen the blue pill. He would have always chosen the red pill because there's no, there's nothing, there's no other actor in the brain that can kind of override what it's doing and say, no, I'm going to do something else. That would be like a ghost in the machine. That would mean there's like a spirit, right, who's directing mm-hmm. the neurons to do otherwise. Okay, so we don't think, according to neuroscience, 
in the classic sense that free will exists. Also, we can basically, it's based on these experiments by Benjamin Libin that Libet were done in the 1980s that said they, they measured brain activation when a person could just freely decide when to move their wrist. And they were just told to look at a clock and see where the second hand was when they had the inclination to do the move, even before they actually did the move, because that takes time. And they found that you can actually see brain activation building up unconsciously. He called it the readiness potential about 350 milliseconds before the person is even consciously aware of their intention to make the move. Does that make sense? So basically the brain is the side, the brain is making a decision and then your conscious awareness of having the intention to do something comes after. Oh, right. So we can now see it up to 10 seconds in advance. Like if they tell you choose, go left or right button, whatever you feel, they can look at your brain activation up to 10 seconds beforehand, predict whether you're going to choose to go left or right before you even have the inclination of doing it. So basically your brain is is deciding. The gambling potential is just staggering what do you mean think about <laughs> if you had a oh, 10 yeah. second window to lay yeah. your bet on what someone's gonna on choose the, on possible futures yeah like yeah. you have a 10 second i mean the the i mean the implications in general are you mean are like if you had something hooked up to lebron james's head and you could be like <laughs> yeah if we had like a he's gonna shoot a three yeah. yeah and i'm sure that the technology uh will that's improve to the point where that's a that's a, a real possibility of measuring someone's yeah. uh a brain activity in real time as they move about yeah. their day absolutely so, I mean, so right now that that kind of research is done in an FR, fmri machine so you have to lay there perfectly still but ultimately if the technology improves you could do it while a person's moving around um but the, the thing is that okay so so that all this kind of whole line of studies that started in the 80s all the way up until now shows that you know our brain is making the decisions before and our conscious sense of having our own like will to intend to do something is is a bit of an illusion it comes after the fact but the brain is deciding that sucks. then the question becomes <laughs> it does what, that, bums, that bums me out a little bit <laughs> no but you still have so then people say what about like responsibility like if somebody does a murder they can just say oh my brain made me do it it's not my fault right but, but you are your brain. Were, yeah, you are your brain, and our brain has evolved the capacity to have self-control. Yeah, it has right? safeguards. Yeah, so like we have the capacity to have, um, to like have a basic desire to do something, but sort of inhibit. They also show some studies show they thought maybe we have free won't. Like once this sort of desire to do something happens, then we can like stop it. But actually, what you see is when somebody inhibits a behavior, you also get neural activation that builds up to even that decision to inhibit a behavior. So it's still, even that is your brain. But however, if your brain has the capacity to withhold, it makes decisions all the time. It weighs the future consequences. It decides, you know, whether to do something or not based on the outcomes. And we can make pretty rational decisions. So if you have the capacity to make rational decisions and then you still go and let's say murder somebody, we hold you responsible for those actions. But... If you if you have like a brain damage or you don't have the capacity to have self-control, if you have certain psychiatric illnesses, if you're a child and you haven't fully developed the prefrontal cortex, which is the brake system of the brain, then we hold you less responsible for your actions. What if we so fi- the question yeah. of personal responsibility is different than the kind of classic idea of free will. So do you think one day we could figure out that someone is more apt to commit a crime before they commit it? Minority report. Yeah, but my yeah. report didn't go into your brain. You know, you. I think you also spoke mm-hmm. about the fact that there was some sort of uh, there was a lesion on a man's brain that caused him to become a pedophile late in life. If yeah. we find that yeah. lesion on someone, does that mean hey, this person's gonna is gonna commit a crime? 
the thing is that you can say that the person is more likely to commit a crime. They're more likely to be less able to control their impulses, but we can't say it with a hundred percent certainty, right? right? Because mm-hmm. everybody's brain is wired idea. up slightly different. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like some people there, I can have two patients that both have the same lesion and one shows a lot of like cognitive deficits because of it. And another one doesn't because somehow their brain and managed to kind yeah. of rewire and make up compensate for that lesion. Yeah. So, you know, it's hard to do. However, there are some genetic differences. Like, we know that people who are more impulsive, they have a like this short allele that codes for the serotonin, a certain serotonin receptor, which may, makes them more likely to be impulsive. But then again, it just still doesn't determine, you know, what they're actually going to do when faced with certain situations. So we can't, it's really hard to predict human behavior at many levels. So the brain, even though the brain might be doing it, I like to say that you're, you have free will. You're just, it's just, you have like unconscious free will. You're just not conscious, but your brain is making these decisions. Um, and it does weigh the consequences of its actions and usually comes up with the most adaptive decision. That's why we, those, you know, who make better decisions are more likely to survive. But if you have damage or lesion or, you know, you make less adaptive decisions. Speaking of uh, making better decisions (laughs) so that you survive, uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's a great time to leap into a a favorite segment of ours where we're going to get to know you a little better. And that is that okay. Is that all right? I'm open. I'm ready. Okay. So this is a big one for you. This is a huge one for you. By the okay. way, great answers so far to everything. Uh, just, Thank just, you. Yeah. And great it's, questions. It's so I think we had excellent yeah, questions. Yeah, I knew you were going to say it, yeah, so know, thank you. for our, You're welcome for our great questions. <laughs> I knew 10 seconds ago I could tell you were right. deciding to say it. That's right. And I just couldn't 10 wait. 10 seconds. Wow. Uh-huh. That's crazy. Yeah. Is it weird that neuroscience <laughs> chose you? Right? I yeah, know. Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Who is you, though? I'm gonna write, that's the question. That sounds like the title of a um, book. Who is Neuroscience you? chose me. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Neuroscience hey, chose if me. That, if it comes out, I want just a little bit. Like, put okay, a, th- we'll a thumbnail of my face on the cover. No, I just want <laughs> okay. my face on the cover. You don't need to pay me anything. Shrugging. <laughs> just put my face on the cover. I think no matter what, with that title, the cover has to be a photo of someone shrugging. Uh-huh. <laughs> shrugging. Shrugging. Hey, neuroscience chose me. What can I do? It's honestly, you would save so much money going along with that than crediting me. I didn't want to be. And I think it'd be great for the book. Time for a lightning round. round. Okay, Okay, so. Oh, yeah. This is a big one. I'm scared. This is and this we've is been, like a Freudian. This is like free association, right? Like I don't have time to think, and I just have to blurt out whatever comes to my head. You no, do have time. You have time. It's just a small allotment okay. of it. Yeah, and I don't okay. appreciate okay. you trying to figure it out before I explain yeah, stop, it. Stop, stop. Ten I thought you might have enough. known what this is. <laughs> I don't know if you got some weird freaky electrodes in our brains right now, but stop it. Okay, we've gotten a good note from people that we explain over explain this segment, so I'm going to try and tone it down a little bit. Yeah, Barry, if you could. Um, okay. okay, it's pretty simple. We ask you five questions about you. You probably well, we know ask you this ten already. questions. We ask you five questions in this first round. Yes. Um, which is me. I will give you five questions he, and only that's Barry. Only mm-hmm. after all five are asked asked, you can then come in and start answering and you have thirty seconds. Loose a loose thirty you seconds. You have an elastic thirty seconds. Yeah. To answer okay. all five in any order. They do not have to be in order. And if you do all five without any help, you can ask for help, but then you will not get a point. Yeah, but if you don't it's ask real for Sophie's help choice. and you get all five, yes, it's just like Sophie's <laughs> choice. If you get a, you'll get a point if you don't ask for help. It's okay. just like Sophie's you choice. You can ask for help, though. You just won't get a point. Here we go. Here we go. Lightning I have to round. remember all five questions? Okay. 
all yeah. five questions. All five questions, but not this in order. This is an act of the brain. You know, right. you are okay. you are a uh, person of the brain. So, and right. you're welcome <laughs> again for this lean, lean explanation of the rules. Okay. All right, here okay. we go. All right, so lightning round. You're round. Question one. one. Okay, remember mm-hmm. all five, and then you can. Jump. Okay. <laughs> Question one: If one day we could download our brains to the internet, would you do it? And if so, would you let any of your friends see it too? You've gone to great schools. Have you ever peeked at someone else's paper during a test? Be honest. Three: If there was a way to tinker with your brain to make you incredibly amazing at one thing that you currently are not great at, what would you choose to be great at, or would you choose at all? Four: Linguini or rigatoni. Five. <laughs> Why are you conscious? Why are you conscious? You and, and remember, you Go. have to be honest. Go five. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. okay. Would I download my brain? Um. I. I. I mean. I. Why not? I don't think it would be conscious. I don't think it would be me. But um, we could always try doing that and just to see. Um, have I ever cheated? That was I've a two-part question had... that you just you oh, just answered. Shit. Oh, there was and, a second part to that. There was about would I do that? I can't remember. I don't know. Would I okay. download it and would I something with my friends? Uh-huh. Would I? Uh huh. Fuck! I can't remember. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> How dare you? We've never <laughs> let a neuroscientist swear on our show before, oh and you think you can? We've never let one. Yeah. Would okay. I recommend it to my friends? Right. No. Would you show it? I, show I'm not going to count that as asking friends. for okay. help because you're close enough. Okay, I love your was, sort of positive, okay. a, a positive. Yeah. It's not just showing; it's recommending. Would I recommend you, my brain? You need to see my brain. <laughs> Would I show it to my friends? Why not? Of yeah. course, I'd want yeah. them to explore There's going to be some dark stuff, and they they yeah, could maybe I, see I'm that you sure hate there them. Is. Okay. Well, you know what? This is like kind of, but I, I always think that that words are not the best at expressing how I really mm. feel. So I like to paint and do other things that are nonverbal. So if people could just look directly into my brain, then I feel like I'd really be connecting with people oh, in a really pure well, that's way. That's a positive so way I to think, look at it. Yeah, I think I'm not, I don't care. I mean, yeah, we all have dark secrets, whatever. Okay. I'd be happy for them to look inside. Um, have I ever cheated on things? I have not cheated. I know that sounds <sighs> terrible to say. Wow. But I really, no, I figured I that would be the answer. Are you, you know being why? honest? It's going to sound so arrogant. Okay. It's going to sound terrible. I just didn't trust the other people. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I mean, to be fair, you've, you've really backed it up. So you're, it's okay for you to say that. Yeah, I didn't trust them. I thought, Have and, you actually, ever and I would let my friends, I would let my friends like in high school cheat off me. Because I like oh, to study. That's did, you ever, really, did you ever peek just to naughty. see how many wrong the other kids were getting? <laughs> No, no. Well, look at that dummy. Yep. Did you ever peek to see what not to answer? That's a house fire. You know what yeah. I did once? I have to say something. This is gonna. This is a confession. Uh oh. This person was cheating off me, and I knew they were cheating off me. Mm. And so what I did, and I like they were trying to do it like without me knowing, and I, I secretly put down the wrong answers. Oh. So they would cheat off me with the wrong answers, and then I erased them and went back and put in the right one. Wow. I, know. I thought yeah, you were going to purposely flunk the test to prove a point, like a Kaiser Soze no. move. All right, well, we won't okay. count this against your 30 right. seconds, but it is starting okay, to sorry. run down. It's been five <laughs> oh, seconds okay. so far. You what have fit, 25 one? more. Um, <laughs> oh, if I can change my brain to be great at something? One or thing. If I could, one thing, I would want to... Um, one thing. That's like, it, like that a you're not thing, currently great at. Well, You'll be amazing so, at it. I would love to be amazing at writing, like writing for the way that my, actually the way my husband writes, he's a great writer. Because oh, I'd love to improve my writing skills. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's awesome. Nice what kind of writing is that? Yeah, what? What type of writing is that? 
He's he's a he's a rapper. He raps about science and literature, and wow. he's like a poet, and he has an amazing way with words. And I I'm envious of it, so I wish I could have that kind of skill set. Aw, that's lovely. Yeah, wait till he hears this. Shout out, <laughs> Bobby. He won't listen. Right. He's not a listener. <laughs> <laughs> and um, God, what was the next one? Okay, oh so there's God. three more. There's three, three more. Two more. Two more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's giving you a hint. Oh, Linguini! Oh my God, Linguini! Is that the, I, is that the choice? That's the choice, Linguini. Linguini yeah. over rigatoni? Ah, oh, that's a wrong answer, but I, you, <laughs> know. Not, you know, no, but listen, rigatoni's also, wait, way better. Can I make a caveat? It depends. Linguini's on the like mistake spaghetti. So, I don't like it. Riga- no, 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 no. Rigatoni uh, goes like if it's uh, alabaca. That's some of my mistake lingu- spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> that's offensive. It's rigatoni if it's with alavaca sauce. If it's if linguini, if it's with pesto. So it really depends on the sauce. I so love that's the If you had to choose, if you had to choose, if I was like, I had to choose. Yeah. You don't know what sauce is coming. Pesto's the best, though. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I might still, I might have to still go with the linguine. Mm. Ooh. I'll yeah. take it, but it's not what I would say. Okay, one okay. more question. You have one the more question. Why we're different. Um, why am I... Why are you... Interested in consciousness? No, why what? are you conscious? Why oh, are why you am conscious? I conscious? Why am I conscious? Why? Um... Why? Oh, that's that's sort of an evolutionary question. I think why did Could consciousness be. Okay, but that's evolve? not really an answer. Why Categorizing the question is yeah. not okay. really an answer. <laughs> I would say. Oh, that that's I'm, a math question. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm conscious because of my brain, and I think that my brain produces consciousness because it's an evolved function that was that came about because of creatures who were social. Mm. And needed to communicate and predict theory of mind, predict what the other person was going to do before, so you can kind of outwit them. So I think consciousness evolved as in a way because we're social creatures and because of theory of mind. I've never heard that. Or, That's interesting. Because yeah. of community. Yeah. Or, or, or wait, there's an or. Or, oh. or an, I like stop the boat. Evolved. There's an or. If if you or let's keep the boat going. There's an or. Then it's just the property of my brain that has integrated information, and there's no really rhyme or reason to it. It's just a property of the universe. Oh, that's a real dark. That's a dark way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe it's evolved because we're social creatures. Yeah. I think yeah, the first great. answer was a little more fun. That's but, fun because uh, I picture I mean, people okay. playing, hanging out. All right, that was the first lightning round. I'm first actually lightning round. I'm actually giving you uh, half of a point. Whoa! Um, two reasons. Wow. Number There's one, you needed help with the final one, and <laughs> number two, because I think uh, it's insane to like li- uh, linguini over rigatoni. You know, so there you yeah, go. you're making me question my choice. I have to say, it's been like lingering in the back of my mind, like because I. I actually, when I do order, Maybe you don't even have a get... choice. Oh. No, but there's no way. Ten seconds before he Free asked will. the question, you were going to say yeah, Linguini. You were going to say Linguini. It's already programmed <laughs> you in your brain. But you know when you look at my behavior? This is just one example. I'm sorry to get like scientific. But no, this is one please. example of how your sense of who you think you are is different than what you really are. Yes. Because that's true. I believe I it's like your voice. Do. My yeah, sense of my do. voice is I... different than what my voice sounds it's very like, true. hopefully. Yeah. Exactly. So I think I'm the kind of person that likes linguini, but actually when I think about my behavior, I always order the rigatoni. So I must like that better. Are you just trying to play both sides here? Yeah, I'm just no, evaluating not. my... That's not true. Okay, that was round one. You okay. get you get half, half a point. point. That's Barry, so you're up to three points. Let me just no, tell you, Barry... two points. Okay. Two points, yeah. Barry almost never gives points to anyone. Frequently, never. he steals points from me hey. and refuses to give hey, them hey, to hey, other hey. people. Never. So that's just never know, happened. half a point, he's... Oh, a great. bunch of points just fell out of my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you didn't buy those points, sir. Hey. 
Um, this is uh, so lightning. That was lightning round round one. This is gonna be lightning round round two, and it's gonna be okay. almost. Uh, uh, I, if you, if you had any questions, just know she that it, it functions uh, pretty much exactly, exactly the, same the same as round one. Okay. I'm gonna ask you five mm-hmm. questions, thirty seconds to answer. Yada yada yada. It will sound slightly different <laughs> okay. than round one because it'll be me talking. Yes. Okay. yes? okay. Okay. Here we go. Yes. Great. Okay. Uh, it keeps closing. Hold on one second, guys. Oh, there's oh, my dog. I'm getting Opening nervous. Notes. I'm getting nervous. Don't get nervous. Yeah, okay. just use those nerves. <laughs> but his are notoriously harder. Okay, um, here we okay. go. My lighting... <laughs> Let's just get into it then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, lightning round, round two. One, can there be improvisation without free will? Oh. Two, are there other ways consciousness could exist? Three, since ghosts don't have brains, are ghosts very stupid? Four, <laughs> if we encountered a species of hyper-evolved floating brains from space would you betray humanity for the opportunity to experiment on them Ooh. five why are the orbitofrontal and dorsolateral prefrontal cortex cortices so cool okay um so easier uh, than I, expected. I like, <laughs> improv without free will that's actually a really um interesting question as i said you know my husband is a rapper and he does freestyle rap you had mentioned I, that your is husband a, is a rapper yeah, and there's like sort of improv, that's improv, right? Freestyle mm-hmm. rap. And so he actually made a song when I told him there's no free will that he would be like, yeah, well, then how can we do, you know, either this improv, that this freestyle that I just did was like predetermined from the beginning of the universe or, you know, there's some sense of freedom there. And I think that, yeah, your brain can make spontaneous decisions with new information that's given all the time. But I think a lot of that is coming from the unconscious. So I think when you're in an improvising state of mind, speaking of the orbital frontal cortex and dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, you get decreased activation of the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex and you lose your sense of self and your filter and it actually accesses these unconscious processes, which in a way have more freedom than your conscious one. More freedom, so, but free are yeah. they free? Well, or or they, less freedom because you're not you're not overriding them. It's straight from your your brain. Because they're they're more free because they're direct from more of the unconscious and they're not being filtered by your prefrontal cortex, which is normally turned on in your waking, you know, state. So when you lower that kind of filtering system of the prefrontal cortex, it allows for more free associations between ideas and thoughts. And you're in a different state of mind. And I would I would say that you're in a more free State. Not necessarily free will in the more philosophical sense, but like in that your brain is less constrained when you're. So in you're saying the most, that's the most that, free you could be is to be in an improv comedy troupe. So and is that a yes? Or on acid? <laughs> or on acid? Um, or, on think, acid. <laughs> or both? I would say with improv, it's not that there's no free will. It doesn't. I, I would say that you are more free. There's still no free will, but the brain is more as has less constraints. I was just honestly, I was just trying to prove that all improv improvisers are liars. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's made up. It's all been decided. Uh, no. So is that a yes? <laughs> what was the question? A yes? Can there be improvisation with a, without free will? Without, yes. Yeah. Okay. No. Can there be improvisation without free will? Yes, there can. Yes, yes. of course. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, God. Now I'm really off track. Um, you can ask for I help. Question, like, the last question, there was something about the orbital frontal cortex and dorsolateral prefrontal cortex. I think I've kind of... You you, okay. you 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 touched on it yes but I was, uh, okay. you can answer it more directly if you like I don't even remember Let's what the talk question about was. the brains in space there was brains in space and mm-hmm. what I give up you might know, like humanity to study the brains in not space your humanity the, like contact with humanity betray but I betray humanity <laughs> why is that betraying humanity I didn't say what's betraying humanity I said you would have to why in order to 
because that's the question. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. You know what? Um, Don't maybe justify my questions. They're like alien brains that I can study. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I would not betray humanity. Oh. Yeah. What if they were hyper evolved human brains from the future? I mean, but what kind of betrayal are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's a pretty I, big betrayal. That's a big one. That's a big question, what, how you're betraying you humanity. You can't betray humanity in a small way. <laughs> oh, I think you mean like humanity's gotten together and said, let's not mess with these aliens. Actually, I take it back. We betray humanity in small ways pretty much every day. We Oof. do. Maybe you wow. do. No, no, no. So uh, like, that's pretty much all of, of what civilized life I've is. I've seen uh, Lucas betray humanity in my bathroom a few times. Hey! What do you mean, seen me? You perv? <laughs> what the fuck do I not know about? All right. Well, I'm checking for holes so in the tiles. Kind of... <laughs> I, yeah, I think he's got a lesion on his brain over here. <laughs> Jesus, man. Um... um what I, I, I can't say I'd betray humanity to study the brains. I mean, but I'd like to hear about them when somebody else betrays humanity and studies them and find out the results. <laughs> so you're hopeful you're hopeful oh. for a humanity betraying person to, wow. to emerge. I like yeah, that I just answer. don't want it to be me, but I'd like to hear what the results are, but I don't need to be the one doing the betraying. <laughs> you know what okay, they say, though, no press is bad press. Okay. Hey, yeah, and this is about the publicity tour, I imagine, afterwards to all the betrayed humans or what are, what's left of them. Um, that's two out of five questions so far. Yeah, oh, wait, yeah. what about um, are ghosts stupid? Was that a gross question? Yeah, that's essentially more a question. It, yeah. Yes. It's because they don't have brains? Yes. Because they, well, I mean, if by ghost you mean like an entity that's conscious, that's floating around, I think that if you have consciousness without a brain, it can't be stupid. Because so if so facto, ghosts have to be smart. Why right. are you it's assuming ghosts? they don't have brains, Lucas? Because they don't physically. They, have brains? Brains are, they don't have on. hands either, but you see their hands. Right? Like, Do you think they have ghost brains? Ghosts? <laughs> 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 Do they think? Ghost I mean, brain. what kind of ghosts are we talking about here? Are we talking about thinking ghosts, like ghosts that can think? We're talking about ghosts, Heather. Real ghosts. You know what we're talking about. This would be a great show on Fox. This would be a great crime procedural. A ghost, uh-huh. a ghost, uh, smart ghost. Yeah, airing against the internet. Solve crimes. This is less less catchy title. We'll work on it. Um, well, I'm going to say that ghosts would be smart if they can think. I don't think you... Like, just having a brain doesn't make you smart, right? Ah, I mean, there are a lot I of people brains, brains. Therefore, I am. It, does, it makes you smarter brains, than some, right? Right. There, yeah. there are some people who have brains who are not very smart, and there are some people... Well, there are no people who are very smart who don't have brains, but in your theoretical ghost world, if they don't have a brain yet, they... I mean, in your ghost world. <laughs> no, it's theoretical. It's theoretical. I don't want you to think I'm a different person. Right. They, um, I mean, if, they're, if, they, if they don't have a brain, which essentially they don't because they're ghosts, but they can think and they're, they, there's no reason they can't be smart then, I guess. Okay. But in real life, if you don't have a brain, it's going to be hard to, to have really complex thoughts. Like so people, uh, people without brains are stupid. <laughs> Oh, you're gonna get a lot of letters from people without brains. Probably not, but they won't be well written, so don't worry about it too much. And there's one more, right? Yeah, there's. uh, Um, Well, there's. I feel like there's one and a half more. Okay. Well, the orbital frontal. Let's just go back to that one. But the other one is like, do other forms of consciousness exist or Mm -hmm. something? Was that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. do other forms of, I think are there that, other yes. ways that consciousness are there can... other ways that consciousness oh that's the I don't know what that other means. ways consciousness 
can exist. You mean outside of like nervous systems? Yes. Ah, okay, um, I see. Okay, I I, I think that's the kind of panpsychic question. So I think that it depends on how you define consciousness. In my mind, you have to have some sort of integration of information, some system that that's, has information processing. And without it, I don't think it's going to have what we consider to be consciousness. Um, it might react and respond to the environment, like a plant will move towards light, you know, and it does very, it does some complex behaviors, but I don't think it, it's conscious. So hmm. I think no, no oh. is the answer. Yeah. Okay. What was the that question? Was, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Are there other forms of consciousness? No. Or yes, something? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no. Okay. That I, like that. I like that. I'm yeah, say no. that makes humans okay, the best uh, species on Earth. We well, are no, the best. No, 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 that's what you said. That's what you said. That's what we're leaving it I at. I said other animals. <laughs> I know. I know. There are going to be so many letters after this show, Heather. My In God. Fact, no, let's like redeem myself now. I- I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat other animals that have consciousness. And oh. fish are on the verge. There's some studies that show that fish also have consciousness. I do eat fish, so that's where I transgress. But in general, I don't eat animals that are. I try not to, at least, anyway. Hmm. So, mm. um, the last one was about the orbital prefrontal cortex and the dorsolateral prefrontal mm. cortex. Yes. And I just I can't remember the exact question Why related to are those they two. Cool. Why oh. are they cool? Yeah. Oh, they're very cool. Um, because they basically are the most recently evolved parts of the brain. Humans have the largest prefrontal cortex compared to the rest of the brain than any other species. And they think about our future consequences of our actions. They give us the ability to have self-control to control our basic basal or sort of animalistic impulses and desires, right? They can think about the future. We're one of the only animals that can really think far into the future and even contemplate our own death. Um, And we can withhold responding for immediate pleasure to get some kind of long-term gain. And those parts of the brain are really important in all of those aspects. They also, in terms of our uh, concept of self, um, they're involved with our feeling of agency. Um, So I think they're just cool because they they give us our sense of who we are. And without them, we'd be much more like uh, reptilian. We'd We'd be acting out on our basic drives and impulses, and we'd be less thoughtful. Huh. Well, so, like those that. are those are great answers, and you somehow yeah. managed to do it all in thirty seconds, which is incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. You're one of the uh-huh. first. Yeah, well, it's this yeah. brevity. Yeah. It's the soul of of neuroscience. Um, yeah. So yeah, I liked all those answers, and uh, I'm going to give you a point. They're, they're, you know, I think wow. uh, I, it was wait, nice to know that humans wait, have wait, the best wait, form wait, of consciousness. Wait, 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 Lucas. I didn't help you at all. I don't recall. Oh yeah, uh, I guess you didn't. Uh huh. All right. No, yeah, she got them all. Okay. She she staggered so you have around three a points. bit. But yeah, I get some points back from you. Uh huh. It, it you know I, I really understand why kids were cheating off you in school. You're doing um, great. <laughs> I, I'm gonna leap right in with a quick question that's that's been uh, yeah. burning. Um, it's been a while it's been since burning we've asked my you, consciousness. It's been a while since we've asked you some questions. Yeah. So I'm sure you're I, yeah. Uh, I'm really you, you're first. a parent, correct? Yes, I am. Great. Um, let's move how on. does <laughs> let's move on back to my questions? No. <laughs> do you find yourself because you know so much about development in the brain? Do you look at at child rearing a little too clinically? Do you ever find that Ooh, to be a problem? I wanted to know this too, or, or even mm. people in general. Yeah, are you um, making your kids better than our kids? Yeah. Do you find yourself <laughs> trying to engineer them in any way? You know, or and a follow up to that also is: are mm. your are your uh, are your f- parent friends annoying to you about asking for advice on their kids? <laughs> Ah, great too far. Well, I guess a lot of it is more about observation. Like I know the different stages of development and brain development, and I kind of like 
try to test out like at what stage did they pass like the mirror test, for example, like recognizing yourself in the mirror, you know, normally they do it at around um, 18 months, but you know, it can you, vary. Do you have so an like, absurdly a large amount of mirrors in your house? No. To sort of like provoke this response more quickly. Mm. No. Well, <laughs> I think I just I failed the mirror though. test well, like, this morning. You'll test it. <laughs> but like we would practice. We'd like put them in front of the mirror and see how they respond. Oh, okay. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do little tiny experiments on them just to see like kind of what they can pass and and where they're mm. at. But did you cheat a little bit? Did you try and be like, I think they did it, and they, you wasn't really <laughs> you weren't really mm. sure. No, no, I would never cheat. You know that I'm not uh-huh. the cheating kind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that all, like the type, the way that I parent is probably more informed, less about brain development and more on um, psychology and like um, a lot of what I've learned from like cognitive behavioral therapy and like how to modify people's behavior with like rewards and punishments. I think that works really well on kids. So I've done a lot of that. Give me like an example. Setting up reward schemes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's pretty basic stuff. It's like bribery kind of, you know, so it's like, if you, it's true. <laughs> you know, it's like, if you get dressed today without giving me a problem and get out the door in time for the bus, like you'll get, you'll get a star. And then when you get five stars, you get a lollipop. It's and, like you what know, we like, did to you with points. Pretty much. Yeah. It's exactly that. It's a point system. It's like getting points, taking away points in the form of like candy or lollipops or privileges. And, but, but what happened is we've done it so much with our, when my daughter's four and a half, my son is 20 months. So he's a little bit young for it now, but with my daughter now with her, everything is a negotiation. I think we've overdid it. So, you know, now she'll like see what she can get out of things for doing oh, she, things. She barters with you. Yeah. She's like, yeah. no, no, no. So that's a two sticker. That's a two star <laughs> right. job. Right, right, right. And then mm-hmm. we have to negotiate. And so now and she's like, and if I give you 20 stars, I get like a car. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> she's, she's so four, like, so she still doesn't understand the value of a car, yeah. but she does want no. one. Right, exactly. And she thinks 20 stickers would be a yeah. good price. It's more like, you know, ice cream. That's like a big one. Ice cream's a big one. But, you know, it's she'll now, it'll be like, like, let's brush your teeth. And she'll be like, well, if I brush my teeth, then, uh, you know, like, basically, what are you going to give me for that? You know? And mm-hmm. so we have to kind of now get away from that scheme. So it hasn't quite worked out as well as I thought it would. <laughs> Bribery. <laughs> you're think, kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not working. Maybe but she in has general, free will. that kind of reward mm-hmm. system, like, does work with kids. And, um, I, but, I, you know, ironically, it's like the more you understand about the brain and, and behavior, it doesn't always necessarily affect how you yourself behave because your own biases are getting in the way. So mm-hmm. I often can give patients great advice. And then, you know, my husband will be like, why can't you, you know, like, I don't know if I have like an emotional reaction to something he did, I'll be like, don't you talk to your patients about like emotional regulation? Like, why don't you do that? Oh. It's different when it comes to me. Clap yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Hey, hey you he talk that. about emotional regulation. Why don't you try some of that? <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. I have a, I have a question. If it's all mm-hmm. right, um, is it okay? Yeah. If it's if it's yeah, okay it's with okay. you, that's uh, not the question. Neuroscience. <laughs> oh man, Sorry. busted, busted. Damn, I've been too free with the no. points. Now she's bold. It's turning into a rap battle. <laughs> um, cool. uh, neuroscience is a fairly younger science. Yes, mm-hmm. that's my understanding of it. Is it? It's younger than me. I think it's sort of like yeah. st- sort of like came to fruition or sort of birthed itself somewhere in the nineties. Mm. Is that true? Well, I think what you're talking about is is cognitive neuroscience. Neuroscience neuroscience. has been around for a while. Um, 
like, I mean, basically the study of the human brain Mm -hmm. has been around since people could do autopsies. And, you know, Freud at the turn of the century was, he's a neuroscientist. He would actually do sketches of the brain. And um, Raymond Cajal was sketching out neurons turn of the century. So neuroscience is a field that's been around for a while, but cognitive neuroscience, basically the idea of peering into the brain using neuroimaging has basically started, I would say maybe around the 80s with the invention of like with pet imaging and then, and or CT scans and then pet imaging and then MRI and then fMRI is like basically the 90s, functional magnetic resonance imaging, where you get this whole emergent field of cognitive neuroscience where we like say, oh, this part lights up when this person thinks about this or that. So basically being able to study the active brain, saying like what's happening in real time in the brain when a person is thinking a thought or engaging in a behavior, that that only began with the invention of fMRI, where we can look at blood flow in real time and like functional, basically, rather than just looking at the anatomy of the brain, like an, a, a CT scan, which just takes a picture of the, the brain to look at the anatomy, we can look at actual function and activation in real time. That was in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, and that'd be the neural correlates and like the causation, the, the correlation and causation you were right. saying, right? And so, right, right, so let's right. say we're like thirty years in to celebrate the thirtieth anniversary. You know, like looking back, what would you say mm-hmm. is the most important discovery cognitive neuroscience or neuroscience has made in the past thirty years? And what what's what do we have to look forward to? What do we think is the next big thing? Keep us wow. on, you know, keep us excited. Okay, so the most important discovery in the last thirty years in neuroscience. That's a really hard one. I, you know, I'd have to say that one of the, the rate limiting factors for us understanding the brain is our ability to kind of, or is our technology to be able to peer into the brain. And so with newer technologies that have evolved, to, oh, that have been, uh, sorry, not evolved, that have uh, um, been kind of discovered or created have, I think, been some of the biggest. So I would have to say the tools that allow us to look into the brain um, are some of the greatest. So they're not necessarily discoveries, but they will allow us to discover more things about the brain. So there's something called optigenetics um, that was developed by Carl Dieseroff and um, Ed Boyden. And that basically allows them to, in a way, you can you can manipulate the brain by inserting these viruses that make certain receptors in the brain sen- light sensitive and so that they will respond to different lights. And then you can actually control specific circuits in the brain with light. So for example, with a rat, they could like turn on a blue light and make it like go left and then turn on a different color light and make it go right. And so basically controlling specific circuits in the brain um, is a really great tool to allow us to understand the relationship between the brain and behavior. Cool. Um, that's so, so cool. I don't know, and I, scary. Yeah, I think that's a pretty cool event. <laughs> yeah. And then I think what's going forward is that like, on, as we understand the genetics, like how, what's the genetic code that codes for brain development and if we can start understanding a bit more about like instead of treating psychiatric or neurological disorders once they've emerged and you're really just managing the symptoms you're not really curing it if we can go in and manipulate the genome if we can figure out let's say the genetic code for i don't know developing schizophrenia let's say and then we can use CRISPR techniques that can kind of without affecting other things negative negatively um sort of remove that or fix it so the person never develops schizophrenia or Alzheimer's. That's um, so I think if we can get into genetic modification of neurological and psychiatric illness without having unforeseen side effects, like you might, let's say, pick out a gene and then all of a sudden, like, you know, language never develops. You know, we don't know what the side effects will be, but that is, I think, going towards genetic modification um, 
of, of to alleviate psychiatric neurological disorders. And then also going into the future, um, neurocognitive enhancement with neuroprosthetics and neural implants. So going in and let's say we can increase your memory capacity or your attention span um, by, or, you know, let's say the wow. iPhone, like that has now all your information. Yeah, yeah, it's sci-fi, but it's real. I mean, like we are getting, going like to get there. uploading where, stuff to your brain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or wow. expanding it. So like right now, let's just say your iPhone or whatever phone you have, smartphone, Flip it has phone. all your phone numbers in it. Right, okay. But remember we used to, I don't know, like, I used to have to memorize phone numbers, right? Mm -hmm. And now I don't even know, like, my best friend's phone number at all. I just, you know, say, like, call whoever, and it call it does it for I like me. that and you so didn't say their name right now, because you knew someone would get hurt. I knew. I <laughs> did. That was exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, if I say this one person, I, I yeah. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> I like that you know what person you were going to say, though. Let's just acknowledge you did have a name in mind. And then you're like, well, no, but I can't. there are two people that have equal status as best friend status. I'm going to okay. have to say that. There are mm -hmm. two people. There's a third person right now that's devastated. <laughs> that's right. Maybe the third person would feel bad. Uh -huh. um, but let's say my husband, since we've been using him a lot as examples. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know his number either, actually. And so the point is we'd outsource it. I used to have to remember numbers. Now my memory is outsourced to a phone or directions to places or whatever. And so as the phones get smaller, 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 maybe eventually we can implant them and merge them with the brain. And then we can just think about like, call mom and, and it dials it up. And, you know, like there's a little speaker implanted and you can just talk <clears throat> out loud instead of having like a Bluetooth headset or whatever, it's just implanted. And so, you know, I think as we start to merge with technology, I think we're gonna become more sort of cyborg-esque and that will be in a way to enhance our cognitive capacity. Wow. Um, like to go beyond just the biological matter that we were born with and sort of expand it using these prosthetics. Do we have time? Um, Do we have time for yeah. a couple more questions? One, one more? I, yeah, I have a quick yeah, follow-up well, to I that. Yeah, I have my husband pick up the kids, so I have a few more minutes. Yeah, okay, a few can. more minutes. I have like a really okay. quick follow-up to that uh, because uh, you, you talked about this earlier, and then Barry has a bit much bigger a question that will question save the rest really of your time for. Okay. Um, okay. Just say, give me a little bit of your time with this one. Is there any yeah. way to enter this the, the future? Um... Uh, you know, with all these enhancements, I think you talked about it in a, in a talk about the enhanced versus the unenhanced. Uh, is mm -hmm. there is there some way to move forward with this technology in a capitalistic society that places value and uh, commodifies any kind of improvement or technology, you know, improvement technology, let's call it. Right. Um, is yeah. there any way that, that we can enter this world without sort of a classist dispersion of, of benefits? You mean like, yeah, I mean, that, you know, yeah. that's the problem. It's that it's, it's, you know, right now, let's say you can buy, pay for those who can afford it can pay for, let's say test prep for their kids to take like the SATs and then they have an advantage, right. To get into the best schools or whatever. And, you know, there's something unfair about that, but maybe it doesn't give them an, a significant enough advantage because, you know, maybe innate intelligence will still win over, right? No matter how much prep courses you have. I mean, we but certainly now, know who will be making that argument. <laughs> the, the enhanced but, people, for sure. Yeah, uh -huh. but the thing is, with the enhancements, it's going to give you such an edge. It's like taking performance-enhancing drugs for athletes, right? You either have mm -hmm. to completely outlaw it altogether or everybody has to do it to be on the same level. Um, it's like cell phones. Field. You literally can't exist without a cell phone now in, in the modern world. Or like access to the internet, let's access say. Like internet, you're at a yeah. huge yeah disadvantage for people who have don't have access to the internet. You can't do anything hardly, right? Because everything is, you know, so it's the same kind of thing. It's like either nobody, there's to be rules that nobody can get in and it's outlawed or 
everybody has to have access to it or else you're going to have a basically two class society where you have those with implants and those without it's like x-men or something what's the what's the likelihood of a classist versus egalitarian uh dispersal of of these new brain ridges Well, I think I want to know what barrel I'm staring down. I mean, it, yeah, given the current, I can answer that. Like, yeah, the current political environment <laughs> and the, the release of regulations, I'm afraid to say it's probably going to be more of a classist thing. It's, I mean, the technology is and everyone's very responsible about... with technology. <laughs> sure. Always. I mean, it is already. I mean, like, it's like the people who have the most money get access to the best things, the best toys. Like, you know, I want I want like a Tesla or whatever. But, mm. you know, like I'm not going to be able to afford the brand new model, but other people will. And it's the same kind of thing with these technologies, like people in Silicon Valley you know, who can afford it are going to start getting it. They'll be the first adopters. And then um, maybe they'll start trickling down. And maybe at some point it'll become like cell phones where they become cheaper and cheaper. And then as you scale up, then more and more people can afford to get them. That's the hope, right? God, can you imagine that... the, the Samsung Note brain starts exploding on airplanes? Oh, my, oh my God. God. You, just, you just made me think I'm going to have to take calls from my grandmother asking about the McAfee in her brain. Why is my McAfee antivirus acting up in my brain? <laughs> or the upgrades? Yeah. Like, have you gotten the latest upgrades? Like, uh-huh. no, I haven't been upgraded yet. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, fu- sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, continue. Go on. Okay. So, so you anyway, that's the dystopic. Yes? That's the dystopic future, I guess. Well, we're, we're let's, be hopeful, we're let's be hopeful. Let's be hopeful so that here's a little bit more future. hopeful of a. And, and Everybody gets one. This is a eventually. difficult question to answer, but as we move closer to making our to figure out more of the brain and almost seeing ourselves more as machines, I guess a little bit, or or more mm-hmm. as kind of slaves to our physiology. <laughs> um, and where circumstance, do we, where, physiology and, and circumstance, circumstance. Sure. Yeah. Where do we find love in that? Where do we find the the humanity and the love in 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 looking at that? Like you know. Okay. So yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That that's a very good question. Thank you. And I <laughs> um see my humanity and my my compassion. Um, no, I think that <laughs> there's no more points here, so you can stop trying. <laughs> okay. uh, I thought I was going to have points. Um, so we're not, I mean, although it sounds like it's kind of uh, depressing to be like, oh, it's just all, you know, materialistic and biological. And, you know, I don't think that takes away the sort of magic from it all and the feelings that we have. And, you know, just like, let's say if you, you could take love, like the feeling of love and break it down to be like, oh, it's just these neurochemicals and neurocircuits and whatever. But that level of explanation, the mechanical level of explanation is one is one level, but the experience of it is a different level of explanation, how it actually feels that subjective state. Like, so I don't think that if you can explain the mechanics behind it, it takes away from the feeling. Right. Right. And all, and also like you are your brain, but like your thoughts can actually modify your brain and your behaviors can modify your brain. So I think that we are, we have certain constraints that are given to us via our sort of genetic limitations. Right. But then within that, there's a lot of um, flexibility. Like, let's say, you know, we can become our best selves with like with our thoughts and with our behaviors and with like determination. I don't think that we're determined to behave in negative ways, let's say. I think we can make like you can have a thought what we can call a schema. Like I'm going to behave in positive ways. I'm going to contribute to society. I'm going to be a compassionate person. And you can try to be, start behaving in those ways. Um, and that's all within the capacity of just having that same physical brain. 
Hmm. So it's not purely deterministic. Like you do have some control over it. You might never be like, if I tend to be a more anxious person, I'm not going to be the most relaxed person in the room, but I can do things to make myself more relaxed. We can get better. I'll never. Yeah. And make it better. Exactly. And so we all can do within our own personal constraints, we can do more to become better people. It's gradation. Um, It's gradation. It's not like 360 degrees, but there's, there's a range of movement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's a range like of Like one day you could hope to be a rigatoni person. Yeah. I thought you were going to say right. hope to be a rigatoni. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I already am. I just wasn't aware of it. Yeah. And now I, I think it's all come to my conscious awareness. I right. really am a rigatoni person. Well, I just never knew it. You're welcome. <laughs> and we like, to, we like to, one, thank you so much for coming. We like to finish with a mm-hmm. couple quick things. Um, Mm -hmm. one is that if you have an organization or a charity or a cause or an interest, uh, that you people, that you feel people, you people, that you people think is worthwhile, (laughs) you brain people, yeah, you brainiacs. Um, if you think, uh, people, if you feel that people should donate their time or resources to, uh, we're like, we'd love to be like, Hey, mention it now. And, uh, then our, uh, worldwide audience can choose to help uh, help you in that advocacy oh i like that Mm -hmm. okay um i'm gonna say there's um a new organization that i'm now on the board of um which i'm not sure if they've gone public officially yet but they will be so Maybe by the time of Sorry, this I just podcast. have to mention that Barry almost fell out of his chair as you were answering that question. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. He literally oh, just no. almost yeah, let's collapsed not let it out of his chair. Yeah, Sorry, please, please continue. I just want to note that. I wasn't that laughing at your answer. Barry was tottering, <laughs> just toppling out of his chair. of a bottle cap. It was so stupid. It was so I don't slow, know what I'm too. Doing. Okay. You can I think see. he was so on the edge. He was on the edge of his yeah. feet. It was bad. Waiting for me to come up with this. Yeah, I'm on the edge of my feet. Whoa. <laughs> um, it's called STEM Angels, uh, which is a, a charity that is going to help um, women, early stage women scientists who are mothers, um, get by in a very difficult stage in their in their in their academic career hmm. um, when That's it's great. hard. Yeah, and and so so I would just look out for for STEM Angels, and if you and if. There's like sort of a more um, looking at like helping a specific disorder. Um, there's the Alzheimer's Association, which donations can help research towards fighting Alzheimer's disease, which is a very big uh, problem. And we still haven't found a cure and it's going to be affecting more and more people as baby boomers begin aging. Uh, so I think those are two things I do a shout out. And That's then great. look, if you're if you're really interested in the arts, I'm going to do one for my husband. He has a Patreon um, page, Baba Brinkman, um, that helps him with new projects that he's developing. Father Brinkman. You are, you are a great Baba partner. Brinkman. You have been yeah, repping that hubby hard. I'm so you good deserve with a, that. You I deserve mean, a sticker he's great. from him. Make sure you get do your I sticker. Do I get something from him? I should, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, a point. But, you know, it's like we're a team. <laughs> if he succeeds, I succeed. We got a... We got, and he actually has currently off Broadway, Rap Guides of Consciousness, which is playing off Broadway. Rap all, all Guides about the, of Consciousness. Rap Guide to Consciousness. Guide to Consciousness. All about the neuroscience of... Wow. brain and consciousness in That's rap great. and the album is also online too so you can listen to the lyrics there's even a song about iit integrated information theory cool. of consciousness wow cool so we're bringing it mainstream okay great so, and final, then our final little thing we always ask mm-hmm. we always ask 
Uh, every single guest. Every guest. Not just you. When we started doing it. Since when, we started since, doing it. Since we started asking this question, we've asked it of everyone. Um, and now we'd like to ask it of you. <laughs> why, why should we be hopeful? Oh, for the future? For humanity? I mean, generally hope it's is sort of a whatever. future tense kind of what, thing. However you, you, uh, you see that question. Yeah, yeah. However answer. you feel fit to answer. You have a, you have a range of movement you here. You have 10 seconds. <laughs> I think we should be, I we should be helpful um, because history has shown us that... Stalling. Um, Such a stalling answer. <laughs> I'm, sh I'm just like, it's just with the current, like what's happening politically yeah. has gotten me a little bit uh, down, but I'm trying to remain hopeful. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. so humanity has shown that in the end, despite lots of um, negative influences and, and wars and, and, and negative people in charge, that we have prevailed. Good people eventually, you know, <laughs> take back. Power and do you not believe this? Yeah, it doesn't self. sound like you believe this. It sounds like you're being forced this. to read this. I'm hoping that the our, the best side. You can of also say we're not. Prevail. We can't be hopeful. You can be honest. Yeah. You can just say give up. No, we're not giving up. But we're why? Yeah, hope but that the good side of humanity is going to prevail because um, I think we're an animal like any other species, and we have basic impulses. But we ha we are human, and we've developed this prefrontal cortex that allows us to control those impulses and do the right thing. So I love that. I'm hoping that because our brains evolved, that humanity will continue to evolve in a positive direction. Ah, uh, see, we knew you, you had it in. Yeah, that was a great I answer. That was right. terrific. Well, thank I'm you. I'm glad you stalled. Thank you, Heather. Thanks. Um, yeah. And thank you to Greg Barris for connecting us. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's who's super cool. He was. Friend of the pod. Yeah, he Friend is. of the pod. I, I'm giving him his, his okay. yeah, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you us. so that much. Was, that was amazing. Um, stay, stay on the line for stay a second. Don't, for don't a hang second. up okay. real quick. Um, we just okay. want to know, uh, we're, we're going to read from your bio in the intro, and we're going to um, obviously talk about all the cool things you do. Is there something that we might not know that we should promote for you or, or say? Um, or like a character attribute you wish people knew more about, or a character actor you like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you like Steve Buscemi? We have a we're generally a pro Steve Buscemi podcast. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. No, but I have a couple of projects that are in the works, but none of them are like that I can say anything about now. So I would just, um, I, yeah, I don't know. Other than my bio, something personal, or no, something you're promoting. Yeah, if there's something you're oh, accept. something I'm promoting. Yeah. yeah. Um, not right now. Not right now. Okay, I cool. Have, That's fine. Yeah, I have a couple of like shows that are in the works, but I'm not. I'm not. Science at the movies. The, the, sorry, science goes to the movies, science but I not. Yeah, I'm not doing that because I have two other TV shows that yeah. were that are that I'm involved with. The Superhuman Superpowers. Superhuman Showdown. Superhuman that already showdown. aired on Discovery. Yeah, that aired. Um, actually, you know what you can promote? Um, I'm the host of Star Talk All Stars with Neil deGrasse Tyson, and that we constantly have like podcasts that go up and so it's a podcast of, it's, it's not a tv show it's a podcast and um it's a great I'm one also yeah yeah it's a podcast but i'm also i'm going to be doing a guest appearance on the nat geo show which is also which is called star talk so i'm a co-host of star talk all stars which mm -hmm. is a podcast and then um you'll be a peer, you'll be a, uh, be a guest on a nat guest geo on, star talk as well Nacho star talk as well that's yeah. great great awesome yeah. well, again thank you so much that was yeah, this such an incredible incredible yeah, really. hour of conversation mostly due to you 
So thank you. You guys are a lot of fun. I oh. really enjoyed it. Oh, thanks so yeah. much. Thank you. Uh, we'll let you know when it posts, and um, if there's anything you'd like us to add, if you think of anything later uh, when you're not on the spot that you'd like us to add to the episode description or whatever, um, please feel free. We'll, we'll happily amend anything. Great. Thank you. Yeah, if I think of something that I'm supposed to be promoting, and I'm just not thinking of right now or whatever. I will Sweet. let you know. All right. Great. Yeah. Keep me posted. That Thank was fun. you. That Thank was you so fun. fun. Thanks. Great. 